Now this morning, we're continuing in our series looking at the very little books of the New Testament, and today we're looking at the book of Philemon. So I thought we'd start by asking the question, who knows anything about the book of Philemon? Perhaps this be one of the older ones. Go on, Dave. It's in the New Testament. Thank you. Let's, let's get those obvious things out of the way. Brian, I'm expecting a scholarly answer. It's very short and it's very hard to find. Have any of the young people got any better answers than that? These, these are not the, the greatest wisdom of the ages. All true, though. Anything else? I'm not even going to credit that one. Actually, it begins with a PH, just in case you're wondering. Oh, Onimus is mentioned in it. We're getting somewhere, yes. Yeah, we're getting somewhere. I'm going to pronounce him Onisimus, but I'll, I think your pronunciation is nicer than mine. Or Wonsimus, if you want to think of him in a Wonsie. But we'll come to that in a little bit. So I'm guessing that most of us don't know a lot about the book of Philemon. Is that probably true? It's the third shortest book in the whole Bible. It's less than a page long. So if you watch the screen, we'll find out a little bit about it. And then I'm going to read the whole book to you. Okay, so watch the screen. So there's this guy named the Apostle Paul. And Paul loves Jesus and preaches the gospel around the world, including in the city of Ephesus, where this other guy, Philemon, meets Jesus, is saved, and becomes a Christian. Philemon goes back to his hometown, a city called Colossae, and becomes a leader in the local church there. Philemon has a really big house because he's a wealthy business owner, and he allows the church to use his home for church services. About ten years later, one of Philemon's slaves, Onesimus, steals money and runs away to Rome. While in Rome, their runaway slave meets the same Apostle Paul that his master had heard a decade earlier. And just like his master, Onesimus becomes a Christian after hearing Paul preach the gospel. Once Paul realizes that Onesimus is a runaway slave, he sends Onesimus home to Philemon with a letter he's written to Philemon, his family, and his church, explaining that Onesimus had become a Christian and should be forgiven for running away and stealing. Paul gives Philemon the opportunity to forgive Onesimus and receive his runaway slave as a brother in faith, and the church around them gets an opportunity to see what forgiveness really looks like. The letter that Paul wrote is the book of Philemon. We can all go home now, can't we, I think? (laughs) Do you want to turn in your Bibles to page 1135? And I'm going to read the whole book. So starting at the beginning. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker, also to Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home, grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers, because I hear about your love for all his people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. 
Therefore, although in Christ I could be bold and order you to do what I ought to do, yet I prefer to appeal to you on the basis of love. It is as none other than Paul, an old man and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, that I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he has become both useful to you and to me. I am sending him, who is my very heart, back to you. I'd have liked to keep him with me so that you could take place in helping me while I am in chains for the gospel. But I did not want to do anything without your consent, so that any favor you do would not seem forced but would be voluntary. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back forever. No longer as a slave, but better than a slave, as a dear brother. He's very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a fellow man and as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back, not to mention that you owe me your very self. I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confidence of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I ask. And one thing more, prepare a guest room for me, because I hope to be restored to you in answer to your prayers. Ephraim, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you greetings, as does Mark, Articos, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. And there we have it. We'll come back to that in a few moments, but it's over to Phil again. Amen. Amen. Please sit down. And it's over to Darren. Fantastic. Would the children like to come to the front? Do a bit of a children's talk. That would be great. Fantastic. Okay, so we're going to play a little bit of a game. For any that you can't get, we're going to go uh, to the adults, okay? So what we're going to do is we're going to play the thank you game. And this is a game that I've made up, okay? So the thank you game is you are going to see uh, a, number, uh, a, a number of different words that mean thank you in different languages other than English, okay? You have to try and guess which country you think that's from, okay? Hands up if you think you're really good at languages. Just so I know who to go to. You're good at languages? Okay, so I know who to go to. Okay, some are okay. I'm not brilliant at languages. Just a precursor, just to say, if I pronounce any of these wrong, um, please forgive me. We've been talking about forgiveness today, guys, so if I say any wrong, there we go. Okay, so the first one is... <laughs> I shouldn't have said that, because now I could have been listened to. Spanish. Gracias. Spanish. Is that the correct answer? Yeah, well done. Okay, let's get a little bit more difficult. Merci. Uh, French. Is it French? Oui, yeah, France. Well done. Oh. F. Haristor. Italian? Oh, it's not Italian, good try. Shall we go to the the city adults? I saw a hand up over there with Doris. Oh, Alex, do you think you know? Swedish. 
Not Swedish, no? Oh. Greek. Is it Greek? Well done. We don't even need to go to the adults. She, she. Again, I apologize if I pronounced that wrong. Uh, Chinese. Is it Chinese? It is. Well done. I just need to check this one because I can't actually remember. <laughs> I'm just going to go for it and say, I think I know which one is. <laughs> yes, I definitely know which this one is because I know every language. There we go. Japanese. It's not Japanese, I'm afraid. Denmark. Not Denmark, no. Any of the others? Oh, sorry. Is it Dutch? It's not Dutch, no. Anybody else? Oh. People behind me have just said Wigan. Wigan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anybody else? Last one, last try. Go with Sarah. It's not, no, no, it is. Go on, shout it out. Croatian, well done. Well done, fantastic. Okay, tack. There could be a few for this, so. Oh. Swedish. Denmark, there we go. I think Swedish also say tack as well. And Polish, there we go. Okay. Um, Norwegian. Not Norwegian, no. German. It's German. Well done. I think we've got one more. Oh, obrigado. Go on, Irene. Go to you. It's Portuguese or Brazilian. Fantastic. I have put Portugal, but it's also obviously Brazil as well and some other countries as well. There we go. Salamat. There's only a few more. We're not doing this all day, don't we? Oh. Is it Iranian? It's not Iranian, no. Iceland. Much further away. Not in Europe. Malay. Salamat. It's from Brunei. The place I was looking at was the Philippines. Salamat. Okay, okay, this is the last one. So this time, I'm showing you the flag. This is the last one. And you need to uh, not tell me where it's from. You need to say what it is in that language. Okay? I know it. Welsh. It is Welsh. Do you know what else Welsh? Okay. No. Shall we go to your dad? No. Does anybody know how to say thank you in Welsh? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, well, you could say thank you, yeah. To be honest, most Welsh probably do just say thank you. Yep. Okay. Anybody else know how to say? Oh. Diakon Vaur. Wow. Fantastic. I'm going to assume that was exactly the correct pronunciation. <laughs> Got it a little bit wrong. No, I'm joking. 
Fantastic. Okay, so it's really important, isn't it, to say thanks. You know, somebody gave you a present and you just took it and walked away and didn't say thanks. That'd be a little bit weird, wouldn't it? It'd be a little bit rude if you didn't say thanks. It's really important throughout life to say thanks, to say thank you. Okay? And in the uh, passage that we're looking at today, Paul, who's writing to somebody called Philemon, who we've been looking at before, he starts his letter by giving thanks for the person that he's writing the letter to. A little bit like if you got a nice present for maybe Christmas or for your birthday, and your parents are like, right, I want you to sit down, I want you to write a letter to your auntie or your cousin or somebody, I want you to write a letter and say thanks. Probably quite early on in the letter, you'd be starting by saying, I want to thank you for the gift that you're giving me. And it's so important, isn't it, in life to say thanks for uh, to people and say thanks to God for what he's doing. I just want to spend just a minute, just reflect, guys, just have a little bit of a think. What could we say thanks to God for this morning? Because there's so many different things that we could say thanks to God for this morning. It's just a few seconds, and if you've got something you'd like to say thanks to God for, throw your hand up. Okay? Making food. Fantastic, making food, yep. Thank my dragon said thank you to me. Fantastic. Thank you for dragging for stuff here. Yeah. Got a hand up? No. Anything else? Family. Fantastic family. Um, electronic devices. <laughs> Absolutely. It's funny though, isn't it? When you don't have them, you really appreciate them as well. Football. Absolutely, football. Yep. Anything else? Anything else? Any, any adults would like to say? Oh. Me. I thank, thank God for Ben every day, especially at Encounter, <laughs> every Sunday. There we go. Sunshine. Sunshine. Health. That my roof's been fixed at long last. <laughs> That the roof has been fixed at long last. Yep. We'll do this last one and then we'll move on. Sweets. Sweets. There we go. Loads of food, loads of food. There's loads of different things to say thanks to God for. Okay? But it's also really important, okay? There is, um, let me just move on. Uh, in Philemon, in 1, 4 to 5, it says, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. Right at the start, before Paul gets into anything else, okay, in his letter, he starts off by going, I want to make sure that I say thank you to the people that I'm writing this letter to. I want to make sure that the people that are receiving this letter feel loved and feel thankful and feel appreciated. Okay, And it's really important in life that we, um, when we think of other people, that we reflect on why they're so good in our lives and reflect and thank God for the people that they are. Okay, There's a story in the Bible that Jesus, um, in the New Testament, and you may have heard the story before, it's a story of ten people who had something called leprosy. Okay, and basically leprosy was something that had they had really bad skin condition, really bad skin disease. Okay, and Jesus was walking about, and Jesus healed these ten people of the skin condition, 
Amazing, isn't it? God healed these people of an illness that they had for a long time. And Jesus healed them of that. Now, what would you expect those 10 people to do? Say, say thank you. Yeah, fantastic. You would expect them to say thank you, wouldn't you? You'd expect them to appreciate what Jesus had done. Absolutely amazing thing had happened. Okay? Absolutely amazing thing had happened. And Jesus, you know, you would have expected that the ten, the ten people would have gone back to say thank you. How many of these ten do you reckon went back and said thank you? Go for ten. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Okay? The correct answer is that one person went back and said thank you. One person in ten went back to say thank you. Yeah, it's quite obvious on the, on the screen there. One person went back because he appreciated what Jesus had done in his life. One person out of the ten went back. And actually, what we should be doing is we should be daily, we should be thanking God, okay, both for what God is doing in our lives, but also for what other people are doing to contribute to our lives. I just want you to, again, just before we finish, I want you to reflect and to think, okay, is there somebody in your life that you could thank God for today, this morning? Is there somebody that has done, maybe done something in your life, helped you out in some way, and you just want to go, do you know what, I really appreciate them and I want to say thank you? I want to say thank you this week for my dad. Um, myself and Rachel have got a house recently, and my dad came and he plastered uh, our bedroom and uh, put in like a new radiator and stuff, and we're really thankful for that. I want to say thank you to my dad. Does anybody want to say thank you to anybody else? Nobody. Nobody's thankful for anybody? Anybody's mums and dads? Maybe some friends? Um, I'm thankful for... My mum. Thank you for um, my dragon. Thank you for you. You love your dragon, yeah? <laughs> my family. family. We'll have two from the from, two any, adults. Anybody would like to say thank you to anybody today? For my wonderful husband. My wonderful wife. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, uh. <laughs> and last one. For my lovely mother, whose birthday was yesterday. Yeah, happy birthday, Harry. Fantastic, fantastic. Yes, it's so, so important that we say thanks because also it helps us to appreciate. Um, when, when things are difficult, it helps us to appreciate the times when things aren't so great. So three things, the importance of giving thanks. First of all, it helps us keep the right focus. It helps us keep our focus on God as the source of the person that's given us um, all these good things. Second thing, it helps us realize what we have. When we say thanks, we can reflect on all the good things that we have and we can go, do you know what? We're in a really good position. Okay. And finally, again, focuses our attention on God. Fantastic. I think I'm handing over to Jonathan now. If you'd like to go and take a seat, thank you. Thanks, Darren. And tell me what exciting things you find underneath. Life doesn't get much better than this, does it? What are they? Can you tell me what they are? This, I think, is a toaster. It's a toaster. I don't know what this 
Let's have a look inside. Ew. It's a bit rusty. It's quite old, this. Do you know, do you know do you have a look on there and see if you can see what you think it might be. Basic French. Um, what do you think it might make in there? Cakes. You can make cakes in it. Bread. Yeah, it makes bread. So this makes bread, and this is a toaster. So what, what do you think the link between those two things is? You put it in the toaster. So th there's the obvious link, isn't there? Well done. Just give Rio a, a round of applause. You can go sit down. Now, I want you to be a bit more philosophical. What is the link between those two things? Wow. I wasn't even going there. That is a fantastic answer and a very true answer. Could we have the PowerPoint up as well? A anybody? What do these two things do? Apart from make bread. Forget the bread for a minute. What, what, what are they? They use electricity. Go on, Irene. They prepare something. So they do something for me. They do a task. Task. They do a job for me. You know, I own both of these. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> this one makes bread. This one toasts the bread. But they do what I tell them to do. They don't have a mind of their own. I won't suddenly come downstairs to find the bread maker has gone out fishing or the toaster has gone out for a walk. They don't do that. They just do what they have been told. We're looking at this account of Philemon and Onesimus. This is Onesimus talking to the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was in prison when he met Onesius. And Onesius was a slave. Any of the young people know what a slave is? Go on, what's a slave? Go on, Charlie. Somebody that gets bossed around. Someone that gets bossed around. That is a really, really good answer. <laughs> Anyone else want to add to that? That is totally true. Rio? Um, kind of like a servant. Kind of like a servant. Now, I was talking to Claire yesterday, and I used to have a friend who had servants. He lived somewhere in West Africa, and he had three servants. And one of the servants was a chef. And this chef used to work at the Italian embassy. And my friend's dad said, I will pay you more than the Italian embassy can pay you. Come and work for me. So do you know what he did? He went and worked for them. And they had the most incredible food. The most incredible food. But he was a servant, not a slave. What's the difference between a slave and a servant? Anyone tell me? Go on, Karen. Slave isn't paid. Is. Slave isn't paid. A slave is owned by somebody. A slave is a bit like my toaster or my bread maker. A slave is owned by another person. Now, when Jesus was alive and when Paul was writing, there were lots of slaves around. Wealthy people would have slaves. They would do these kind of jobs, the jobs that nobody else really wanted to do. They didn't get paid for it. And they didn't have any choice in what they did. They had to do what their masters told them to do. If they said sweep the floor, they had to sweep the floor. If they said make me a meal, they had to make a meal. They couldn't go to the shops, they couldn't go on holiday, they couldn't do anything that they wanted. And so we get to Onesimus, and it looks like he's done something wrong. He's stolen 
some money. And he runs away. Now, we don't know whether he runs away because he's stolen some money, or he steals some money so he can run away. But he goes a long way. He gets from Ephesus to Rome, which is quite a distance. I don't know how far it is in miles, but it's quite a long way. Here he is running away. And so he, he goes, and he meets the Apostle Paul, who is in prison. But this Apostle Paul is the same man who has met Philemon ten years before. Paul has managed to persuade Philemon that Jesus is the Son of God, and Philemon has become a Christian, and he's now following Jesus' ways. And the amazing thing with God's timing is his runaway slave now does exactly the same thing. But Onesimus has been on the run. He's run away. Do you ever find yourself running away when you've done things that are wrong? Do you ever find that? I can remember once as a kid, I'd done something wrong. I can't remember what it was, but it must have been bad because I ran, into, I ran but I didn't run very far. I only made it to the kitchen. But I managed to crawl behind the washing machine. And I hid from my dad, who was following, shouting at me. And it took him ages to find me. And here I was, crouched behind the washing machine. Because sometimes when we do stuff that's wrong, we want to get away. We want to run. We don't want to be around. So Onesimus, he's run. He's run away. He knows that things have gone wrong. But he's there, he meets Paul, and he becomes a Christian. And then we get this amazing part of this letter, because this letter is really all about forgiveness. Because what Onesimus has found, what Philemon have both found, is the moment they started to follow Jesus, they were forgiven. That's why Jesus dies on the cross for us, isn't it? So that we can be forgiven. Does anyone find it easy to forgive? No, forgiveness isn't always easy. Why, what, why do we need to forgive? Anyone give me an answer? Perhaps one of the adults for this one. Why do we need to forgive? Why would we forgive somebody? Go on, Doris. Because it eats us up inside. If yeah, because somebody's done something to us that is eating us up inside, isn't it? And if we don't forgive, we hold on to bitterness. Anybody else? Go on, Beatrice. So God will forgive us. Yeah, Jesus says, I will forgive you and go and forgive other people, doesn't he? He says that. Anybody else? So that we can let go and move on. So that we can let go and move on. Now, sometimes forgiveness can be quite straightforward. Sometimes we can find that actually if somebody has just said something to us that isn't that bad and we're not that hurt, we can just say, I forgive you. I let that go. And actually, I don't hold anything against that person. Sometimes it can be fairly straightforward. In everyday life, we probably find ourselves doing that a lot. But sometimes forgiveness can be really difficult. I'm not going to ask you to put your hands up, but has anyone ever been really upset by what somebody else has done to them? Has anyone ever found themselves really hurting deep inside because somebody said something that's really been painful or really been hard? And you find yourself carrying whatever it is around. Forgiveness doesn't mean we pretend it's not happened. Forgiveness doesn't mean that we suddenly say, oh, that's okay, that's fine what you did. But it means that actually we now release that person. We now want the best for that person again. We now want that person to be everything that they can be in God. And this is exactly what Paul says to Philemon. I want you to release Onesimus so he can be everything that I've made him to be in God. Everything that he has become in Christ. He is now the same as you and me. Verse 16, it says, He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you. 
both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. So Paul says, treat Onesimus like a brother in Christ. So I want to leave us with three questions this morning about forgiveness. First one is this. Are there things you've done that actually you need to come to God to today to say sorry for? Jesus says he will forgive. He has paid the price on the cross for our forgiveness. He says he will forgive us. So that's the first thing. Are there those things that you need to do? Second thing, are there people that you need to forgive? People that you need to forgive. Perhaps you're not ready to forgive yet. Perhaps you just need to start that journey that ends in forgiveness. But are there those things? And thirdly, are there things that you need to forgive yourself about? Yeah, sometimes the hardest person to forgive is yourself when you know you've messed up and you've done something wrong. So what I want us to do is just spend a moment in quiet, think through those things. Do we need to pray to God for forgiveness? Are there people that we need to start on that journey of forgiveness? And are there things we need to forgive ourselves for so that we can be all that God wants us to be in him? Just spend a moment of quiet and then I'll pray. Dear Lord, we thank you that you call us and when we follow you, you offer us forgiveness. But Lord, you also ask us to forgive other people. And we pray today that we may forgive other people, that even if that's hard, we may have the courage to start on the journey to forgive others. Lord, we know that you say forgive and forgive others. We pray that that will be true for us today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can we go on to the, the second PowerPoint? Just something else in this passage, because I don't think we can leave this passage without thinking about slavery itself. You know, we think about slavery, we think, oh, this happened thousands of years ago. Can anyone tell me when slavery was abolished in the UK? Anyone good at history? A bit later than that. A bit later than that. Anyone around when slavery was abolished in the UK? I should have asked that question. It was 1833, the final act of repeal of slavery in what was then Britain and the British Empire. And that was when slavery was outlawed. 1,800 years after the book of Philemon was written. And it says in Galatians 3.28, Paul will say, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. But you know, today, there are still people living in slavery. There are possibly tens of thousands of people living in the UK in slavery. And what often happens is people come into this country, they're promised jobs in industries that we can't talk about in an all-age service, but it's not good. And they get brought into this country and they get forced to work with threats hanging over them if they don't do what they've been told to do. So I thought we'd just end, really, this look at the book of Philemon. We're looking at people who are trying to free people from modern-day slavery. Hope for Justice is an amazing charity that does work with people to free them from slavery. And, you know, just as we're called to give thanks to God for people that we know, that we know and that are in our lives... God also wants us to care deeply about people that we don't know 
because they're suffering and he doesn't want them to suffer. So can I just leave that website address up? Sorry, it's got a bit squashed on there. It's just hope for justice. Go and have a look. See what this amazing charity does. And if you can pray for them or if you can support them in whatever way, can I really encourage you to do that? Because this, uh, this issue of slavery is not one that's gone away 2,000 years later. Let's pray again, shall we? And then we'll bring our service to a close and sing some final songs of worship. Lord Jesus, we know in our world today there are those who still suffer as Onesimus suffered. Those who are still slaves. Those who still are forced to work. Those who aren't paid and those who live in fear. And Lord, I pray that you will break our hearts with what breaks your heart. We pray that these people in our own nation who are, who are bound in this way will find freedom. And we pray through finding freedom in this life, they will encounter you to find freedom in this life and into eternity. So Lord, I want to pray for the work of hope for justice and charities that do similar things. Lord, would you bless them? Would you help us to be passionately praying for them? In Jesus' name, amen.